Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Years from now, whenever we look back on the year 2021, I think we will all remember it as the year that the United States men's national team really turned the corner, really started to grow into being the kings of CONCACAF, being that dominant force, not only in this part of the world, but as a soccer power in all of the world. Uh, I can recall since the 2018 failure to qualify for the World Cup in Trinidad and Tobago, we were all, as U.S. Men's National Team fans, waiting for this young generation to come in, to seize the moment, and to show the rest of the world what we already knew, that the United States is a whole different United States as far as soccer than it used to be, that we are producing talent at a level that rivals the best in the world, and this is the year where we really started to show it. And that's why I want to make the case for why 2021 was the best year in the history of the U.S. Men's National Team. All that more on this episode of The Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. Welcome to The Yank Report. This is a show where we talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. If you're into that, subscribe. Let's start with January. So January of 2021 sort of picked up right where 2020 left off. In 2020, we started first seeing uh, a lot of moves for young players in MLS over to clubs in Europe. And this was significant uh, because it wasn't just the 23-year-old players that had been dominating MLS for a number of years that were getting moves. These were young players that had really yet to establish themselves in MLS or, or at least were, were very young uh, making big transfers over to Europe. And, and we got two in January. The first was uh, Mark McKenzie, who made his move over to Genk in Belgium. And the second, uh, and probably the more significant one for the U.S. Men's National Team purposes was Brennan Aronson, who got his move over to RB Salzburg. Now, of course, Aronson had a tremendous year uh, for Philly, uh, but then really, I mean, Aronson was not a player that I was really expecting to be a major contributor to the national team. I thought he was one of those players that was in like the good but not great category, but he hit the ground running at Salzburg, almost immediately became an integral part of their squad, and started putting up numbers, goals and assists, game over game, and it really hadn't stopped up to this point. Uh, here we are uh, a year later, and there's a lot of uh, rumors that Brendan Aronson, after only a year in Salzburg, could be uh, leaving Salzburg, maybe in this transfer window, maybe in the next one, to a big Champions League, big-time, top-five league club. Uh, that's pretty impressive and was just a sign of things to come for the U.S. Men's National Team. In February, we got news that a lot of U.S. Men's National Team fans had been hoping for for a long time. Chris Richards officially got his loan move over to Hoffenheim. Now, Richards has been uh, long regarded as the U.S. Men's National Team's top prospect and center back. He's long been regarded as a center back that could be one of the best center backs that we've ever had in the history of the program. Uh, the thing is... At Bayern Munich, he just was not getting the playing time. He was getting minutes here or there, uh, but in February of 2021, he finally gets that loan move over to Hoffenheim, and he really starts playing right away. Uh, he starts becoming a, a large contributor to that squad, so much so that at the end of the season and in, in, in the summer, he gets another loan move over to Hoffenheim, where he's currently playing today. Uh, it was a big moment because... This was the move that we needed for Chris Richards to go from a player who was a prospect to a player who could immediately contribute to the SMS national team. And fast forward a few months from uh, February, whenever he got that loan move, uh, to now he is actually getting starts and contributing to the U.S. Men's National Team. So we see what, how significant that move in February was for Chris Richards. Let me interrupt the video for one second to let you know we got a sponsor, guys. We got a new sponsor for the channel, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever with 
with more props and more lines and more bets than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all football and basketball action this season, but they also have a ton of soccer lines uh, available if that's something that you're into. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. So I know a lot of you, like myself, are fans of multiple sports. So if you're into baseball, basketball, NFL, you can find it all there. But they also have lines for Premier League games, Serie A games, uh, Spanish Premier Division games, Champions League games, whatever. Uh, the whole world of European soccer is available to you at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. In March, we get some really big news. Some some news that I think puts a smile on the face of every U.S. Men's National Team fan. First of all, Weston McKinney signs a big extension for Juventus. It ends up being a $18.5 million purchase option plus $6.5 million in potential bonuses on a four-year contract. If you remember, uh, his his move over to Juventus was a bit tentative. Um, it was a bit, you know, we'll bring you in and kind of see what you can do. And for a lot of U.S. men's national team fans, uh, we didn't think that McKinney was going to do much at all at Juventus. But McKinney really got off to a wonderful start with Juventus, getting into that starting lineup relatively quickly. And once he got there, he really hasn't left. Uh, He's been a mainstay for some of the club's biggest games. Of course, we'll all remember that bicycle kick against Barcelona. Uh, But he's been a major contributor for uh, the team, whether it's been Champions League games or big games in Serie A. And despite the fact that Juventus is not playing well at the moment, McKinney has been uh, one of their best players out there game in, game out. So much so that there's a lot of rumors that McKinney could now be getting another major transfer to uh, possibly a Premier League team or something like that uh, to help Juventus recruit some of the money that they need to rebuild their squad. The second biggest news from March, and this was this was significant, uh, Yunus Musa, the I believe he was 17 years old midfielder at the time from Valencia, decided to join up with the U.S. men's national team. He declared his international future with the U.S. men's national team, uh, and it was a massive moment because I don't have to tell you, from the first moment that we saw Yunus Musa in a U.S. men's national team jersey, he delivered exactly what the team had been missing up to that point. His ability to connect the defense with the attack, to turn and run at the defenders, to beat the first man and start an attack, is just exactly what this squad needed, a squad that was really struggling in that regard. Uh, he has been a uh, massive shot in the arm to the midfield. He has become so integral to this midfield that we are questioning at this point, how do we replace Musa? How do we replace the MMA midfield whenever one of those players is not available? It all started not too long ago in March. Fast forward to May, and we have one of the most significant moments in the history of American soccer. Christian Pulisic, the man who's been carrying the banner for U.S. soccer in Europe, for since he was 17 years old, becomes the first American to play in the Champions League final. Not only that, he and his squad, Chelsea, go on and win the whole thing. And after the game, to see Christian Pulisic waving the American flag on the field, to have him uh, wearing his U.S. Men's National Team sweater and have his parents there, and just really staking that claim for America in the biggest game in world club soccer uh, was just absolutely tremendous. It really uh, put the American flag in the center of the field and said U.S. soccer has absolutely arrived, that Americans can produce players that can play at the absolute highest levels of the game, and American soccer is here to 
stay. Uh, one of my favorite moments of all time from U.S. soccer and, and one of the biggest moments in the history of the sport for this country. About a week after that Champions League final game, Christian Pulisic gets on a plane and he flies to Denver where the U.S. men's national team are meeting Mexico in the Nations League final. A game that maybe in time has kind of we, we've kind of forgotten about the significance of it but let me paint a picture for you right now uh this young generation of americans had not had a lot of time together we had not seen a really great game from that that group and we were still trying to trying to figure out who the group was at that point uh mexico was coming in with a very veteran squad and mexico had been hearing the chatter about how great this young generation of americans was for the last year and they were very eager to uh put their cleats on our throats and remind us that they they were still the big boys in town. The U.S. go out there with a squad that, if you look at that squad on paper today, uh, it's not a squad that you would really want starting in a World Cup qualifier or something like that. There's there's more talented players that have uh, come available uh, at this point. However, the U.S. goes into that game and and wins one of the most contentious and one of the mo- the best soccer games that I've ever seen. Uh, it had absolutely everything from uh, red cards for coaches. Really, the first time we saw this young group of players come in and stake their claim as the best players in CONCACAF, the best nation in CONCACAF. These were not just a group of young players with a lot of potential. These were a group of players that are right now right now are the best players in CONCACAF and are the best team in the CONCACAF. And that was the first time we really saw it in the Nations League final. In July, we had two more signings that I think were really big watershed moments for uh, for U.S. soccer and for uh, specifically domestic U.S. soccer. The first was Tanner Tessman signs a deal with Venezia for about $4 million. Uh, this is significant because Tanner Tessman's one of those players that while he was a good contributor for FC Dallas, nobody would ever say that he was one of the top midfielders in MLS at any point. Nobody would ever say that he, he was like a dominant player for FC Dallas. He was a very good player with a lot of potential. He's a, he's a big player. He's a player with some technique. Uh, but he ends up getting that move to Venezia for $4 million. That's significant because it just shows just how um, hotly regarded American young prospects are in Europe. The next signing was massive. Uh, this was Jonathan Gomez, a player who is still a dual international who could potentially play for Mexico, could potentially play for the U.S. But the significant thing about Jonathan Gomez is he is not an MLS player. He plays for Louisville City in USL. Uh, to have this move for a, a big prospect shows that not only is MLS selling players to Europe right, left, and center, but... European teams are interested in Americans no matter what league they're playing in. It's just another pipeline. Moving to August, and we get another massive moment. And it's it's almost like we're underplaying this because we are beating Mexico so frequently at this point that it's kind of lost a little bit of its luster. But in August, the U.S. men's national team won the Gold Cup, and we defeated Mexico. And this is significant for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, the lineup, the roster that Greg Berhalter brought to the Gold Cup was not one that filled a lot of U.S. men's national team fans uh, with, with a lot of hope, uh, myself included. If you go back and watch my uh, video where I talked about the roster for the Gold Cup, up. I kind of thought, you know, this team is probably going to make it out of their group and, and kind of lose in the knockout round. It wasn't a, a very inspiring lineup. But the U.S., through some incredibly inspired goalkeeping by Matt Turner and from some solid defensive play from Miles Robinson and uh, Walker Zimmerman, James Sands had some good games in that tournament, and Kellen Acosta uh, being an absolute force at, at the number six position. For the U.S. to go in with a beast team and, and beat Mexico's A squad like that, I mean, 
if the Nations League final opened the door or just kind of cracked the door open for the U.S. to assert its dominance and kind of CONCACAF, the Gold Cup final absolutely blew the door wide open. From that point on, uh, Mexico was asking questions and the U.S. was riding absolutely high. Uh, a huge moment for the program, a huge moment for Greg Berhalter, who had come under a lot of criticism and still is under a lot of criticism. Uh, there's, there's a lot of critics out there who say that uh, a lot of Greg Berhalter's success comes from the players on the field and not necessarily his his tactics but you know if you look at the gold cup a lot of those guys that we point to Weston McKinney Christian Pulisic Serginho Dest Giovanni Reina Tyler Adams Eunice Musa these guys were not in the gold cup this was this was a B squad of players and and Greg managed to take that team and win the tournament and he deserves a lot of kudos and respect for that immediately following the gold cup final we get another massive transfer from a player who actually participated in the gold cup final and that is Jean-Luc Abusio. Jean-Luc Abusio was a player who was doing really really well in MLS uh, for Kansas City and, and it was big rumors that he could be going all over the place he was collect- connected to a lot of teams in Italy and he finally puts ink to paper and signs for Venezia he joins Tanner Tessman in the transfer window which is kind of massive two Americans going to the same squad same team uh, in a top flight league in Europe in the same transfer window is a big deal uh, but I think to even make it a bigger deal is the fact that Busio kind of jumped right into that squad and started playing for them immediately and has been a major contributor uh has racked up a ton of Serie A minutes uh, for Venezia, and it's been a, a wonderful transfer all the way around. Uh, this was a huge moment, uh, just showing once again that uh, uh, American prospects that are doing well in MLS, or even just just showing that they have a lot of potential in MLS, can make high-dollar transfer prospects for clubs in Europe, uh, even if it's not the the top clubs, even if it's not the Bayern Munichs and the Chelsea's and the Manchester City's buying them. This is a low-level club in Venezia buying Jean-Luc Abusio. Uh, a big watershed moment for U.S. soccer, the U.S. men's national team, just uh, for American soccer in general. In September, we have another massive moment where a dual international commits to the U.S., and this time it is 18-year-old Ricardo Pepe. Around the time of the Gold Cup, Ricardo Pepe just went absolutely unconscious for FC Dallas. He started racking up the goals and the assists uh, and and his name as a potential U.S. Men's National Team player uh, began, to, began to heat up. Now, Pepe, of course, has citizenship for uh, Mexico and the United States, so he could have picked either nation. Uh, it was a big deal and at that point, the U.S. had been losing a lot of dual internationals to Mexico. Uh, Pepe decides to play for the U.S. and gets an opportunity whenever Giassi's artist ends up injured for a World Cup qualifying window. Uh, he, he goes in and gets a start in the last game of the window against Honduras and scores a goal, a big goal, a goal that the U.S. needed. This was significant for so many reasons. I, I don't think I have to explain to you uh, the the implications of a young Mexican-American star showing out for the U.S. men's national team. And that's what we have here. We have a player who, at this point, is uh, getting sought after by the biggest clubs in the world for a massive transfer sum. And and the fact that he is Mexican-American, the fact that he is representing a group of people that, if you look at the polls, is uh, some of the one of the fastest growing uh, groups of people in the United States and is just a ravenous soccer-loving community within the United States. It's tremendous. And it's going to be tremendous for the fate of of Mexican-American soccer fans in this country for years to come. Say goodbye to doll gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. 
$800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. On October 2nd, Joe Scally scores his first goal for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Joe Scally, up to that point, had been an absolute revelation for uh, U.S. Men's National Team players, a player that seemingly came out of nowhere. He had an inauspicious transfer over to Borussia Mönchengladbach earlier that year, and due to circumstance, finds himself in a position where there's a couple of injuries and he's thrown right into the starting lineup. And to the surprise of, I guess, just about everyone, plays really, really well. Really, really well. So well, as the injured players have come back into the squad, Joe Scally remains a fixture for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, Joe Scally has not, at this point, made his debut for the U.S. Men's National Team, but I think the significance of Joe Scally putting together one of the most consistent and best starts to uh, the European season this year for any American international, uh, regardless of club or age or anything like that, uh, is absolutely tremendous. Joe Scally is still a teenager. Joe Scally has a lot of soccer ahead of him, and I have a feeling that Joe Scally is going to be a big contributor to the back half of World Cup qualifying as we move forward. On November 12th, and it's deja vu all over again, the U.S. men's national team faces off against Mexico in an absolutely important World Cup qualifier, and they win. And they don't just win. They get that famous Dos Acero scoreline, and they dominate the Mexican national team in a way that I've never seen a U.S. men's national team dominate any top opponent like that. Uh, the U.S., up to that point, the U.S. had never had three victories over El Tri in a calendar year. And up to that point, you know, the Nations League win was great, and the Gold Cup win was great, but World Cup qualifying is really what's important. World Cup qualifying determines who's going to go to the World Cup. And World Cup qualifying is, uh, if you want to stake a claim as the king of CONCACAF, that's where you got to show up and you got to show up at home. Uh, the U.S. went into Cincinnati and faced off against, albeit an aging Mexican national team, albeit a Mexican national team with some injuries to their center backs. Uh, they really went in and for 90 minutes just dominated, just had their way. Uh, the, the MMA midfield was absolutely tremendous. And from, from top to bottom, uh, one of my my favorite 90 minutes of soccer that I've gotten to watch in 2021. We move into December and I think we really have saved the best for last because we have some absolute monumental things that have occurred in December. Uh, the first is Sports Mail released a study that showed that soccer is now the fourth most popular sport in the United States, surpassing hockey. And soccer is steadily closing the ground on the number three most popular sport, baseball. A lot of people project that soccer is going to be passing up baseball uh, in, in the next decade or so to become the third most popular sport in the USA. Now, you may be wondering, how is soccer the most popular sport in the U.S.? It's still not talked about a lot on SportsCenter. You know, it's MLS is still not a very popular league in, in all things considered. Well, the reality is, in America, uh, soccer fans watch a number of different leagues. Of course, the most popular is Liga MX, followed by the Premier League, and then I believe it's MLS. Uh, but whenever you combine it all together, uh, soccer, soccer is a tremendous sport. And most importantly, soccer is a tremendously popular sport uh, amongst young people. Uh, I believe the study went on to show that the average baseball fan is like 55 years old, where the average soccer fan is 33 years old. And then if you look at 
like uh, teenagers to like it's like 13 year olds to 18 year old soccer is like the second most popular sport or something like that and it's steadily gaining while some of these other sports are falling off a bit it really speaks to uh, the future of sports and, and really the future of any sport is going to come down to money and I know it's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about uh, but one of the things that's holding MLS if we're bringing it back to MLS back uh, is is that TV deal uh, it's it's not on for very much money and that affects everything across the board for MLS from uh, the salaries to the marketing to absolutely everything uh, in the coming year uh MLS is going to be up for a negotiation for that TV deal, and we've seen some massive, massive numbers being thrown around uh, for some of the other TV deals. For uh, ESPN just completed a deal for La Liga that was absolutely massive. Uh, the Premier League deal was absolutely massive. So if MLS gets a massive deal like that, it could completely change just everything we know about MLS, which, to be fair, is still on a pretty good trajectory. Also in December, the FIFA World Rankings put out their end-of-the-year rankings, and the U.S. Men's National Team finished as the number 11 team in the world. A, a, a huge achievement for this squad of such young players. Uh, the U.S. finished ahead of Mexico and finished way ahead of Canada as the highest-ranked team in CONCACAF. Uh, now, the U.S. does need to crack into that top 10 and and really have a, a, a great 2021 if they want to have some uh, implications for that world ranking to impact their draw in the World Cup. However, it's just a, another thing that shows the progress that this country has made in soccer and also the respect this country has gained uh, on the national on the international stage uh, in soccer. And I'll leave you with the final stats. The U.S. finished the year with the most wins ever for U.S. men's national team with 17 wins. In 2021, we played 22 games. We had 17 wins. We had two losses, and we had three draws. And one of those losses was in World Cup qualifying to Panama. The other was to Switzerland uh, in a friendly, a Switzerland team that went on to have a phenomenal run in the uh, in the Euro. And if you look at you know what was before the U.S. Uh, coming into 2021, what our goals were, uh, I, I think it was you know win the Nations League, check, win the Gold Cup check and qualify for the World Cup and currently I believe what is the U.S. sitting second and qualifying at the moment uh, our last goal of making the World Cup is is absolutely in front of us and in our hands so an overall a tremendous success for the U.S. men's national team so that's my timeline that's why I think the 2021 was the best year in the history of the U.S. men's national team let me know your thoughts on 2021 did I miss any significant moments do you think any of the moments on this list weren't as big a deal as you thought do you think there's any years that were bigger for the U.S. men's national team let me know in the comment section as always si puede hablar espanol dm me commentario en espanol make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're new here make sure you hit the like button and if you really want to support the channel you can become a member get access to uh, behind the scenes content, uh, extra videos, stuff like that. You get some badges that you can show off in the comment section. And if you're a tier two subscriber like Mike Irish and Manuel Oliveres, you get a shout out at the end of the video. So thank you guys so much uh, for watching. Thank you to the members. My name is Sam and this is The Yank Report presented by Bet Online.